1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives. Getting us towards zero. Kicks into the pocket and under the chest of Degowie. Gets going into the field of play. Falling, oh, oh, goaling. That's superb. And now side bottom onto the left goes Chris. It's a goal. Side bottom from Pyre. And the Pies are causing all sorts of problems for the Tigers. To Tremor. Set up kicks. Cox. Mason. He started this game splendidly. And you can't wipe the big American smile off his face. Is your faith being rocked if you're a Richmond supporter? I reckon they've been rocked. They look like they've been shell-shocked. Pendlebury. He is a left footer, but he doesn't want to take this chance. He goes to Cox instead. Oh. He's got it again. <laughs> he thinks he's John Coleman right now, not Mason Cox. He's never bloody heard of John Coleman. In a quarter and 11 minutes, he's kicked another one. <laughs> How easy is this game? Let's get on the plane and get to America. Gave it away. Adams worked it around with Maine and side bottom. And now to Chris. Oh, no. Free swing. And he nailed it. The free shooter on the perimeter. Jack Chris just loaded it up. 46 points. Say that again. Say it again, dude. 46 points. This is over. Done. Collingwood are in the grand final. My check is crossed. Out the back to Gowie again. Oh. He just eased onto the left. He can get to the right. He can get to the left. Got him. That's his fourth. High ball inside the 50. Asprey swung forward. Rebounds. Oh, That's great. superb. Jack's playing alone hands. And he has five goals to show for it. He has it. He shuffled away. Clear. Used it short. Trelaw snaps and goals. That's the buffer back. Throw in Grundy in front. Knocked it to his own advantage. Goals. <laughs> that's superb. And that's the end. It's a result to shock the football world. For the faith that was shown, Nathan Buckley delivers his beloved Collingwood to the 2018 Grand Final. It was football's version of Rocky III. The champ walked in and got utterly brutalised. Collingwood advance. We've earned that opportunity and we've taken advantage of that opportunity by playing some good footy. We're not done yet. We've got another game to win. We've really been strong on exploring ourselves, finding out what we're capable of and we still don't know. We want to go do that. Collingwood turns in the most stunning performance to advance to its first grand final under Nathan Buckley. How did the Pies do it and can they now go all the way? I can handle losing when you play a certain way. What I'm disappointed in is the way we lost tonight. It was unrichman-like. It wasn't through lack of effort and lack of intent. We just lost our way, which does happen at time to time and unfortunately happened in one of the most important games our guys will play. But that's taken nothing away from Collingwood. I think they've been the best side we've played all year. We've played them for the third time. The other two times we've just got away from them late, but it wasn't our day tonight and it was theirs. The faultless title defence of Richmond comes unstuck in a reminder of the tyranny of preliminary finals as the Tigers lament what does their season amount to. To Don's credit, at the end of the season they had a fairly lengthy meeting and they both agreed that Mitch probably wasn't the fit for the Crows. So he's always his belief where the club is going has waned. He's either at GWS next year or in town. That'll play out over the next couple of weeks. But don't rule out in stone, that's for sure. We've actually got a lot better list than people suggest. They push Richmond all the way to the NCG late in the fourth quarter. and Plus they've got a, a great young list. Melbourne are the best in the, comp- the contest. Yeah, and they're a really high-scoring side. So 
we're aware of those two things in particular, um, but we've got strengths too. I think we're really match hardened in our preparation. We've played every week, so we think we're in a really good shape physically to handle anything that comes our way. While the trade period ramps up with intentions declared and mysteries maintained, all focus this afternoon turns west. David King is on the ground ahead of the Eagles and the Demons. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au for details. And the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. sort of game we could talk about for days. We've got two hours dedicated to it. There are people walking the streets going, well, how about that then? And that's the question that we put to our panel, Dermot Brereton, Bob Murphy, and Kane Corns. David King will join us from Perth as well. And we'll all look at each other and go, Derm, well, how about that then? Well, I thought there would be a close one. I thought uh, it was going to be that game, but to have... Collingwood, the underdogs, out by 50-plus points before halftime. No one in their wildest dreams could have predicted that. But so much went right. And for the first time this season, little things went wrong for the Tigers. We'll talk about them in a second. It was an extraordinary performance. And almost, I thought in the first half, as a back six, a flawless performance from Collingwood. Bob? I I woke up this morning and the... Usually the first thought in my head when I open my eyes is either it's usually coffee. <laughs> the first thought as I opened my eyes this morning, I, just, I had a little smile to myself and thought, "What about that? That was something else. That was I was. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought it would be tight. I thought it would be closer than what people thought it was going to be, but I still tipped the Tigers to see them to see them dominate like that. And it was in the first few minutes. Sometimes the broadcast can be misleading on the television when you're watching from home. You, it's hard to get a real feel. But I'm watching the first and going. They're all over them. This Richmond looked jumpy and fumbly. It was it was quite staggering, and it just went on from there. And Kane, well, I was watching uh, actually Derm's interview with Nathan Buckley pre-game, and Derm said, well, "What do you need to do uh, to be in the contest against Richmond?" And he it was pretty simple, and he was pretty forthright. He said, "Look, it's it's easier said than done, but we must match them in the contest." And I thought their work not only at stoppages, Grundy will talk about it in a minute, but he. Well, he brutalised Nan Curvis, didn't he? But around the ground, their 50-50 efforts to win the footy and match Richmond at the contest was exactly what Nathan Buckley said to you, Derm. And uh, it started from there, um, and then the rest is history. But uh, it's, it's as good a new story that I've had since the Dogs and since Richmond last year. How good's our game? How good is it? It's, it's not so much against... Oh, how good's that? Because the Tigers got beaten. It's just the the basic Australian psyche. If you don't have a uh, an involvement in either of these teams and you're neutrally based, you, you cheer the underdog. And the underdog got up against impossible odds, albeit a preliminary final. But they haven't been beaten at the MCG for <laughs> over twelve yeah. months. It's the biggest preliminary final upset since '99 when Carlton downed Essendon. But the manner in which they did it makes mm. it grander than that still. It, it wasn't the dramatic. There wasn't a dramatic moment, was it? There wasn't the Fraser Brown, Dean Wallace. There, there wasn't that. You know, the Mark McCurry miss. There, it was just like, oh, this is this is methodical. They're on on this night. They are a much much better team. It's quite. You can't can't it, believe I'm saying it. It. it uh, this, you you woke up thinking coffee or the footy, coffee or the. Footy. <laughs> I woke up thinking to myself, 
well, is this actually the true lay of the land? And the reason I do that is I think most people would agree that the basic rundown of Richmond is four absolute star champions, another six really, really top-line good players, and thereafter you drift into really good role players, competent players, and then a couple of youngsters coming through who you know are going to be good. But for the first time this season, we saw one of their four stars, Dustin Martin. I watched him intently because I didn't have to call it, unlike you guys. It was the two-minute 40-second mark of the first quarter he took himself to full forward. Now, if, if I'm the gun midfielder, I want to impose myself on the play, and I'm in there for six or seven minutes. Two minutes and 40 seconds, 160 seconds, he's into the game. He takes himself out of the heat and places forward. So I think you can read into that that he didn't feel quite quite right. A key position player, one of those next-tier players, the six really good positional players, Asprey had illness, and he was not great during the evening for obvious reasons. And then the third one of their stars... Of the, of the five stars they have, Rance, Buckley coached superbly to nullify Rance because Degoe is so dangerous. He had to play Rance on him, and he took him to the goal square, and you could, I could standing behind the goals, watching Degoe just open hands like, say, push, 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 pushing all his teammates 50 metres further ahead. So nice you could see there. Rance's temptation in his mind saying, Will I peel off? Will I leave Degoe by himself and go out to assist on the next aerial contest? He couldn't. So you've rendered three stars um, impotent compared to what they normally are. And then, uh, admittedly, Hardwick tried to get Rance away from Degoe and get a match-up for Degoe after halfway through the third quarter, and it started to work a bit better. But so my question is, with your normal run of bad luck that every team gets, now we've seen one and a half of their five stars on the day. And when I say half, it's because Martin was half sort of out there. Is that the true lay of the land? That they're still the best team, but they're very gettable if they're played in this manner. And it's the first time, isn't it, that they have had some challenges. I mean, they're, they're at full fitness. Ellis out of the side, unluckily. But the, yeah, it's funny, like Bob and I were t- talking off air, the fallout for Richmond now, and, and Bob, I think you'll agree it's just a bad day, but when you're watching, all of a sudden you think, well, they're, they're bottom seven or eight now. It's not their bottom four when you look at Graham and Short. Asprey was quiet. Clearly, Conker was poor last night. Um, so it, it's funny, just one game, how your mind shift, my, mindset can change. But um, Collingwood, with the injuries and the troubles that they've had this year, um, what a story, what a performance, and particularly from Nathan. So Buckley. let's park Richmond for a moment and settle on Collingwood. It's almost sort of pick a category. Do you want to pick Nathan Buckley? Do you want to pick Jordan Degoe? Do you want to pick Steel Sidebottom? Yeah, Heath Grundy. Do you want to pick Heath Grundy? Oh, sorry, Brody Grundy. Brody Grundy. Heath Grundy. We all want to pick Mason. That Jeremy Howe's game. The first half, yeah. his, his, his backline display... And I've been one of his. I've been one of his um, plaudits, but I've also been one of his critics on, on how we play. So, he was flawless in the first half before he got hurt. Flawless the way he played, mm. unbelievable. It's, it's some incredible performances. Take Mason Cox. Mason Cox. 
Well, I, sp- I spoke to him during the week, and the question I asked him, I said, there's a lot of talk about what are, what are the things you've found difficult about the game and the adjustments you had to the game. And then I said, what, but what came naturally to you and right on cue? And I'm not I'm necessarily taking credit for his performance, but he did say that he, the, cat, the, the marking of the ball, that was the thing. He, didn't, he said he didn't, you know, he didn't just master it, but he said that was the thing that was, he took most naturally to. But watching him last night, he, I mean, he, that, that second quarter where he played, that's the football of your dreams, of any footballer. But it was it was a whole, it was a four quarter performance, eight contested marks. Probably lucky not to get a couple more. Oh, in I there. think his eleven marks. I think they were all contested. It was as dominant. They as semi, finals even game. the ones that weren't credited with That's being right. contested. They semi were. He weren't didn't take they? any on the lead away from blokes. Yeah, he, it was an outreaching. Yeah. And the second quarter, they finally sort of got it right. They kicked it to exactly the right spot. That was the the, the the thing that jumped out for me. It wasn't just a it wasn't just a freakish performance. It was it was his timing. There was a toughness to it. There was he was getting hit around the head, and he was just it, it was not phased by that one bit. But it was his understanding with his teammates. You could see the arc of his leads. He was sort of moving around. There was some good forward craft there, Doom. There was. There's a genetic impact here. Remember when? Remember when that when the you'd remember, Jared. A bloke called Manute Bowl. Yeah, seven he, he was seven, seven ten or yeah. something. He went to the NBA. Yeah. Now in the end, he couldn't get up and down the court. But when he stood in the key, the baby giraffe, they couldn't throw the ball over his head, and he was just <laughs> pulling the ball out of the sky. Genetically, they did not know how to deal with him. Yep. He's yeah. genetically, he was too big for the sport. It last night, Mason Cox was almost. Too big for AFL football, for was. the very best in Rance to cope with when he when he got out to but it. To, but to get that, he had to get his timing right, yeah. and the kicking had to be sympathetic for him because he, he at times has jumped under the ball or he hasn't. He's been that half a step off. That's where he gets found out. But last night, and then to kick the clutch goals, you kick the clutch goals. That that snowballs the whole thing. So he, they keep kicking him the ball. So that the the straight kicking, they're all they're all. He should have kicked all of them, and he did. But that does that does build the momentum. Imagine his parents came sitting oh. in the MCG. Do they think that's the normal? The Do they think that's a normal <laughs> night I don't out know. for Mason? I saw them interviewed on the footy show, and and I don't know they even knew what AFL was before he started playing. Yeah, they, they the question was asked, "What does your friends think?" And they said, "Well, they don't even really know AFL exists." <laughs> And they've come out here. Do they think he's at college? Oh, I don't know. They, they, think, ask they think him it's is rugby. It, they and... ask him, is it soccer or rugby? Yeah. They can't quite get a line on it. But you're right with that forward craft because he has been pushed under the ball. But I thought his work off the ball to actually stop, push, and then lead up at the ball was was elite last night. And it wasn't, it wasn't the big marks in the goal square, 40 metres out in the goals. A couple of big marks he took long down the line completely messed with Richmond's structure. Usually they win that ball back down the line, they get repeat entries inside 50, and the pressure builds. But Cox marks the ball up the ground, releases the pressure valve, all of a sudden Collingwood have the ball in their forward half and Richmond are all at sea. So it was a magical performance. Uh, when we watch it, you know, we, we're we all critical when we watch things. You know, you, you see something good and you in your mind you give it a little... Two clap <laughs> applause, <laughs> you know, and a little nod. Yeah, but to see, I, I was doing the Foxtel last night. You guys were calling, obviously, here at SEN, and to sit with Jonathan Brown, Jason Dunstall, and we we're watching Coxie, and we would take our eyes off the play after his third contested mark, his fourth, fifth, sixth, 
and just our mouths were dropping and looking at each other. By the second half, whenever he went near it, we were giggling. It was just... I've never seen a group of former champions like Brown and Revolt and Dunstall just giggle at somebody's it was, display on it the was ground. It exciting because you could tell a heartbeat before, like, he's going to get another one yeah. here. Look at him setting... He's done it again. It was that you got a, you got a bit... <laughs> but the crowd the enjoy- anticipated it too, yeah. didn't they? The enjoyment was sort of stretched out. Yeah. He's going to do it again here. There what, he goes. What about when he started to the man that he just outmarked. Oh. That was the bit that I really... So he's sort of grown into it. And he had a swagger about him. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, Derm, I'm sure you would have had to appreciate that. Kane is the brother of Chad. It had, it had a bit of chat about it. It yeah. had a bit of Derm. He's like a Frankenstein of the great contested oh. marks of all time last night. He's, he's, his first swagger isn't even verbal. And I can tell you, you have a look at it, taking the mark and the bloke standing on the mark watches... Cox walk back to the the head of the kick, holding the ball in one hand, and just the ball's engulfed yeah. in the mitt. More of hand is yeah. seen was the little, than leather. The little it's nod. just intimidating, and he knows it. The, it's the, the American no, nod. The nodding yeah. to himself and yelling something, whatever it was, doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter. It's arbitrary. That was like... That's the most American thing I've seen on a football field. The, the high-fiving we've kind of... But that was like, that's American. I think there's yeah. a bit of yeah, yeah baby in it. <laughs> but Chad nearly lost one of his oh. most cherished records well, too. There's a running joke. Uh, back in 2003, I think it was, we played Essendon in a final. And Chad was on fire. Like It was it was almost like cheat mode on the computer. Cox-like. It, it, was, it was brilliant this night. But he took nine contested marks and... He, that's his sort of, if he's having a few drinks, he always brings it up. Oh, how many contested marks did you take in a final? And it's always, he's got a hashtag, nine contested. <laughs> oh, no. So with, with, no. With, with five minutes to go, the, the I, think I, yeah. I actually got on the app and, and said, how many contested marks is Cox taken? He must be up there, and it was eight. So I sent Chad a group message with a couple of his mates. I said, Cox has got eight. That could be amended. Go. That could be amended. I, I think it has to be amended. Well, it might be. They <laughs> might go back yeah. and look at it. So his title could be could be gone, but I'm sure he enjoyed it. So we are going to hear from Scott Pendlebury. We'll take an extended listen to Damien Hardwick and ponder what did it all mean. Richmond's night funneled down into one evening and they got thrashed in a preliminary final. And we'll open the lines. You join the conversation with Kane Corns, Bob Murphy and Dermot Brereton. Pies fans, Tigers fans, American sports lovers, 9429-1116 to join us on Crunch Time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specializes in maximizing compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. Pendlebury, 
He is a left footer, but he doesn't want to take this chance. He goes to Cox instead. Oh. He's got it again. <laughs> he thinks he's John Coleman right now, not Mason Cox. He's never bloody heard of John Coleman. You know, once again, Mason Cox looked like Johnson Coleman tonight. I thought he was outstanding. You know, the way he led at the ball. We just couldn't stop those guys. A little nod to Simon Townsend's Wonderworld. <laughs> Jonathan Coleman. <laughs> Very nice. I, I said that after the game... Adam Trelaw were interviewing. I said, what about the new hyphenated surname for Mason? Mason Carey Cox. He was that good. A full board of calls. Let's work our way through the mats on the road. Matt, welcome. Yeah, morning, Jared and all the boys. Howdy. Uh, very, ha- very happy Pies fan. I was a bit like you this morning, Bob, when I woke up. I'm normally the first thing I think of is coffee. But this morning, the first thing I woke up, when I thought of when I woke up was, you USA! USA! <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the MCG uh, like it. Good on you, Matt. Virginia's in Geelong. Hello, Virginia. Hi there, boys. Uh, just a really happy Collingwood supporter. I just can't believe that we've made the grand final. It's just so surreal. It's such a funny feeling. It's weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Take it and run with it, Virginia. you got a massive, massive chance. Did anyone else check last night at any stage who finished 13th this year? Did anyone do that? Bulldogs. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you cling to that, are you? Hey, you hey, to that. Term when you finish 13th, you're just looking for vapours of anything. <laughs> Stuart's in Maidstone. Hello, Stuart. Yeah, g'day, fellas. Love the footy banter. Um, I'm a Carlton supporter and actually found myself barricade from Collingwood last night. It was so infectious the way they were going about it. And uh, just the fact that I don't have to listen to a couple of uh, Richmond supporters at work tell me how unbeatable they are at the MCG is a bit of a joy, to be honest. First of all, your Carlton mates will be saying, wash your mouth out, but we can understand where you're coming from. And once again, we all kudos to Richmond, and I admire them unbelievably. They're the best team this year, but if you hold them up against Geelong, Brisbane, Hawthorne, they're not a great team. They're the best team this year and the reigning Premier, which is a feat in itself. Renee is in Heidelberg. Welcome, Renee. Hello, gentlemen. How do I put into words the love I feel for my footy club? (laughs) I am absolutely jumping with joy. And do you know what's better than anything is for Nathan? I am that wrapped for him under all the hardship he had last year and the year, well, the last six years, really. He has been amazing. I love him. He had a bit of hardship the first six rounds as well. There was still people, Renee, calling for his head. Yeah, they were zero and two, and they were facing Adelaide at home, who never lose at home. Rarely, I should say, lose at home. They went over there. It was a wet night. Was that round three? Yep, round three. Stevenson had a great night. And their style of play was their quick handball just completely dismantled Adelaide's setup. And I thought, oh, hang on, where did this come from? And from that moment on, they've been really strong. Jared, you lived the pressure on. Uh, Bucks last year, I remember it was a big talking point on your show with Robbo and whether they should re-sign him or not. You're always in the camp of uh, supporting Bucks. What did you see back then that made you so confident that he was the man? So my view was always when you talk to Nathan about footy or you hear him talk about footy, you know, he knows it so well and there were elements of coaching that he needed to learn along the way. And he's not the first to go through that. But Which elements? Of, to listen, of... Of coach. You said there were elements learn. of coaching he had to learn. The side of things. Okay. And clearly the emotional So nothing really connection. to do with the, with the, the, 
not around strategy. And so yeah. you have to find your way of what works for your team. And But his footy IQ is as high as anybody I've ever met in yeah. the game. The emotional side of things, that's what he's learnt. And the connection to his players is profound this year when it hasn't been previously. The most important thing of the review was to find out whether the player group was still with him. And to a man, they were. This wasn't a decision made on a hunch. It was made on evidence. The connection was strong and growing. And if you cut him off at the end of last year, and I said this the whole way through, you will never know what it was growing, going to grow into. They were never ready. Gary Pert's line about we should be making finals were always ridiculous. It held them to an impossible standard. They dropped that rhetoric. And you were... It, they just didn't know the answer of what it was going to grow to at the end of last year on a timeline that they well knew. They, they, their critical mass was young, and that was part of the evidence behind it. The critical mass of players that were going to determine it were young, and you had to get them to develop. They have dealt with hardship throughout the year in terms of injury and availability at all the wrong moments, but now they know what it was going to grow into. If you saw it off at the wrong moment, you just never find out. So to go back to the pert statement, that's the blending of core subject being your football, the football department, and upstairs who have a business to run and the business model requires selling hope to the fans to bring dollars yeah, through the cash register. Yeah, but it's no register. good selling hope that the team has no prospect of living up to. Is you can plot their course, what they did, and you can agree with it or disagree with it, but you can plot their course after 12 and what they did, and they went backwards while they were doing it. But the football department knew what they were attempting and what they would attempt to grow out the other side. And the administration put them on, they set impossible hope, hope that they could never live up to. Mm. But this was the year where it was a chance to start to rise, and look where it's risen to. So that was always the core of, of why I thought he would work out. Dazza's in Brunswick. Hello, Dazza. Yeah, boys, uh, happy Collingwood supporter here. And just want to sort of uh, share one of the highlights of my night was uh, uh, witnessing the, the politics of the, the men's urinal at half time. <laughs> uh, it was dead silent. You could hear a pin drop because you had all the Richmond supporters just absolutely shell-shocked. And then the other half of the men in there were just like looking at each other sideways going... I've got a few things up my belly, but do we go this early or not? Yeah. And <laughs> as I was dead silent, and so someone's like, someone's got to go soon. Come on. And uh, this guy about three rows back pulls out the phone and does a fake phone call. And he's like, Maka, I'm here at the G. There's an absolute nail biter, mate. <laughs> and just starts having this fake conversation with everyone. And uh, finally popped the uh, balloon and then just everyone started sharing. It was a really good moment. Good stuff, Daz. Jared, when did you think Richmond a no-show? Uh, honestly, at four goals to one. Mm. And then it it got so quickly out to the 40-point threshold, so the early stages of the second quarter. You yeah. had to be... You had to be inventing it at so it went twenty nine thirty thirty six forty two at forty two it was over their third goal of the second quarter and as I said we sit in the box and we look at each other and Jason and I both looked at each other and said game over and the other two lads Jonathan Brown and Nick said well it's a long way to go my belief on it was that Richmond play the grind game so if you look at say the way they beat my team the Hawks they were down two, up eight at half time, and then 
the teams they play against that they grind can't go with them. And then the mass of their scoring starts, whereas if they're forced to chase, they don't play their natural grind game. So I don't think they can chase a score down like that. The problem for the rest of the league is making them 40 points down. They had to... Keep kicking goals when the opportunity arose, and they did. They hit them every time. Oh. I just want to table for later. The bye leading into the finals is a disaster. Couldn't agree more. I, I have felt this for three years. I'm staunch on it. People, it is a disaster. Bob doesn't like that statement, the competition. <laughs> Bob will take you on do, do on that want, statement. Do, do, you want, do you want to include me in this conversation? I've got, <laughs> we'll come I've back got to that. some baggage. Okay. We'll come back to that. Steve's in Hampton. Hello, Steve. G'day, fellas. A very happy Collingwood supporter and was sort of taken, taken back to my earliest memories of, of watching footy uh, about the well, early to mid-80s when Paul Salmon burst onto the scene and mm. Mason Cox really has that going about him. And that, that set play that was Pendlebury, that you just played the grab, actually, that was Pendlebury to Mason Cox, that was as close to a... It was almost like they were having a timeout in a basketball game and they drew the X's mm. and O's and just Pendle just set it out there perfectly. Yeah. It was just unreal to watch. They were alley-ooping it to him. They were. They were. They, they were, were dropping oh, it yeah. on the dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Copeland to gaze. John is on the road. John, welcome. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. And another happy Collingwood supporter. But I, I think the Cox disrupted their back line so that they couldn't get their intercept marks because they had to go to him all the time. And I thought our back line, I've never seen them punched the ball so aggressively so it got past the drop of the ball and cleared the area. Great point. That was a fairly good tactic. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, That's what Howe did, especially to Dusty. Dusty's not great overhead. He's a good one-on-one mark, but he he marks those on the chest. But but Howe was able to spoil completely out of the zone. I thought the intent from Grundy when he saw Grigg in the ruck in the centre bounce was the first time anyone as a ruckman from the opposition has gone, that that is Sean Grigg. I'm going to go up and put my fist through this ball and punch it 20 metres. He followed it up. They won the clearance. And that, Nan Curvis can't play full amount of game time. So when Grigg was in the ruck, Grundy was just smashing it on, Brisbane Lions style, 2003. And I just thought, this killer is, instinct this too. is brilliant. And it then he follow up. And in the was, ca- yeah, it was, in the chaos a of a, it was in the chaos of a preliminary final where he's still that, that presence of mind to go, this is part of the plan. He goes off and now we'll, at the word you know, brutalise was such yeah. a great word. And that's Richmond's game. Richmond played the surge game. They got out-surged by, by Collingwood at their own game. John's in Mill Park. Hello, John. Gents, how are you? Good, thanks, John. You're a Tigers fan? Absolutely. Just congratulations to Collingwood, obviously, first and foremost. But um, yeah, on the night, they were better. And that's all I'm going to say, because from a list perspective, I'm actually um, quite uh, bullish about next year. And I think what happened last night was exactly what Richmond needed, was to expose their really lack of deficiencies mm. in the areas of the ruck and another tall forward. Now, with the obviously, with the imminent announcement of Lynch going to, to Richmond, which I think is almost a a done deal, um, and they'll address a couple of other issues if they've got. I'm absolutely very bullish because they'll change the way they play, which means teams won't know what they're going to bring. Um, and uh, the two forwards together, Rewalt and Lynch, look out next year, defences. So we'll, we'll do Richmond after the next yeah. break, and we'll deep dive there. John, you've given us the way in. Dave is in Melton. Hello, Dave. G'day, boys. How are you doing, Derm? Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. You're the only two that gave us a little chance in Victoria, 
I, well, that's true. I don't think Kane did. I didn't. I didn't, fair. Dave. I didn't give you any chance. So congratulations. I, I know you didn't, mate. Uh, I just want to say two things. I, the blokes we had out injured, are they a chance? Some of them have coming in. Depends who we're playing. And the age profile of our side. And where's that flog Bartlett? <laughs> uh, easy, Dave. Easy, Dave. We don't treat legends of the game like that. Unless let's you're hear sitting from, in the studio. Let's hear from Scott Pendlebury, uh, the Pies captain a short time ago. Yeah, I thought we had a plan that we could go out and execute and, and get the job done. And, um, you know, we started really well, which I think gave us more confidence to go out there and execute. And, um, yeah, I was really proud of last night. And, um, yeah, it probably hasn't sunk in, but, um, yeah, enjoy the week and looking forward to it. Coxie was fantastic last night. You know, the, the way he imposed himself on that game of football really, you know, caused some headaches for them and um, gave us such a focal point to keep kicking the ball to. And, yeah, he was just running, launching at the footy and, um, yeah, finished off his work. But I think our whole forward line last night was really dangerous. Yeah, it's our best first half of footy this year. Um, you know, I haven't really thought about, you know, my whole career. But, yeah, I, I said it last week. I feel like we're playing our, our best footy at the right time of year. year and... Um, you know, we knew last night Richmond are the best side in the comp and they have been probably the best side for two years or, or 18 months or whatever it is. So we knew we had a huge challenge, but we thought we would plan really well and if we could go out and execute, get some scoreboard pressure on them, um, we'll give ourselves a real chance. And, um, you know, they're a class side. The, the way they responded, they put the pressure back on us in the last quarter and then we responded. So really proud of the group. They've roared into favouritism. Will they run favourites regardless of yes. who they play? Yeah. And who would rightfully they... so? Yeah, rightfully so. I think that if you beat Richmond at where the ground the game is going to be played, the grand final at the MCG, I think they'll start favourites. And and who would they rather play? I think they'd rather play West Coast, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think they'll get that chance too. Yeah, so so do I. I think that's the way it will go. But Melbourne would present them some challenges because they're so strong around the footy and they, they play, almost play similar game style. So I think the Collingwood fans would love to hear who they're barracking for today, but you'd think they fancy West Coast. They have knocked them over, though, West Coast and here as well. That game where Nick Natanui got sidelined and injured, went down with a knee, they, they systematically took Collingwood apart Second that game. So they did, yeah. if they get through, if that's one of the teams, they'll come here with belief. Mm. What do you think they're favourites? Uh, <laughs> I haven't been on the the Eagles wagon all year, but I feel like if 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 the Eagles win and win well today, <laughs> they could be they could feel jilted. I think to to not go in as favourites, they haven't done a lot wrong. What if they're two key forwards? Now, this, these are all ifs because Melbourne are still in the hunt, obviously, and and a damn fine team. But I was thinking of these scenarios. You got to think of every scenario. What if? Now, we're talking how and uh, Goldsack are the two key backmen for Collingwood. What if Kennedy and um, Darling. Darling make a mess of the Melbourne back line? Mm. Which that, is it? Yeah, that's what I mean. They, they face up against Goldsack and Howe, and they'd back themselves. Finished second. They've had two good finals wins. They've beaten Collingwood. <laughs> I think they'd be, they could quite rightly go, hey, uh, and Revolt got a hold of them last night as well. Yep. Like, let's not let's not miss that. They they had three goal scorers last night. Richmond Revolt kicked three. And, uh, sorry, five, five, and made a mess of Goldsack with all due respect at times. On the short night. lead up, I thought yeah. Goldie did well when the ball was high, but they just. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He led up a lot desperately short kicks. He made sure that Goldsack had to try and stay honest on the pursuit of the uh, lead. We'll head to the west in this edition of Crunch Time where David King is on the ground and we will explore what will happen this afternoon. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. There were some captivating scenes post-game last night. Damien Hardwick in plain sight called the whole list and all the staff together and it was a long address dealing with the disappointment of the night and no doubt setting them up for what's to come. And he then went into the cacophony of the Collingwood rooms and sought out both Nathan Buckley and Travis Varco in one of the most classy show of sportsmanship you could imagine given the disappointment that they would have been feeling. So for the Tigers as they wake up this morning, Kane... What's the what's the cold light of day? Well, it hurts, and uh, it is so depressing losing a, a preliminary final. I remember 2014, we lost to Hawthorne, last kick of the day. Andrew Moore had a shot and, and, and missed, and we lost, and Hawthorne went through. And then to watch it the week after, we've spoken about it before, Bob, but it's, it's, it's a football type of sadness that you watch, and you just feel sick in the stomach. So it's a grief. That, it's a type it, of grief. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't want, sort of want to say that because people think, well, you know, it's not real world grief, but it's football, it's, it's football grief. grief, and I think people understand what we mean when we say that. And they will have that all week. Um, they will have it when they watch next week, and they will think, we are good enough to win this. It is so hard to win back-to-back premierships, but we let an opportunity slip. I think, I think part of it, and... Derm, I wrote down what you said a moment ago that they were the they were the best team this year, but they're not a great team. And I think that reality this morning would would really twist the blade on them because that's every 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 footy team is every footy club's trying to prove a point of something or another. And I think that was the that was their opportunity to elevate themselves from being what's the best team in the in the mm. league to a to a great amongst the great teams and now and at the moment they won't be one of those teams yet so i think the hurt you know that the hope you know for they'd be hoping it it's you know pushes them on it's to been become a while that. since the best team of the season i.e. the person who the person the team that finishes on top after 22 matches it's five, maybe six mm. years. And that's your yeah, point. It's only two out of 11 now that have won the flag. Such a... It, yeah. And that's where, you, where it'll come back to your statement, mm-hmm. Jared, about the week off between round 23. What effectively is round 24 is a nothing and it's a, let, it's a, it's a catch-up week for everyone else. So I think the, you'll judge these things in hindsight. Their best footy was played by the end of July. Yep. And then what happened... And this was the Chris Scott thesis all along. They mm. aren't a team that doesn't give you a look and everybody sort of set themselves and they got challenged late in the season and they were given the pass of, well, they're just marking time. But 
I can think of teams, St Kilda in 2009, Geelong in 2008, they had played their best footy. They were on the bell curve. And I think you could take the assessment that post the Collingwood game in round 19, Richmond were on the wrong side of the bell curve. Yeah, and Chris Scott's out there somewhere saying, I told you, I told you that a lot's going to have to go right for them to win it. And, and look, he, he is right. But it is the, the length of time you've got to go through to get back to that exact position. The whole preseason, you that, had some luck during the that's, year. That's, that's hard to get your head around That's as a, a big part of the fallout, particularly in straight afterwards. When you're physically and emotionally just exhausted, as, as they would have been last night, you think you just become very acutely aware of all the work and all the things that had to go right to get to this point. I think, well, we have to do it all again. It's, it's a sobering thought for them. A lot went right for Collingwood as well. Even though they outplayed them, a lot went right. Uh, it, we talked earlier about the surge mentality of the way Richmond played in that first half, in that first quarter, when Richmond normally, you know, they hack kick it just out of a scrimmage to surge it forward, off the ground, around the corner... More often than not, it's at least a 50-50. Richmond tend to get on the end of that surged ball forward. Yet Collingwood, Chris, Howe, Maynard yeah. seem to get on the end of that surge ball and be in front nine times out of ten. So they rode their luck as well, but they, they did get a slice of luck. So did they lose their... This is the Rocky Three thesis. Did they lose their life-or-death edge and they ran into Clubber Lang, who was dog-hungry last night? <laughs> what a, Maybe. What a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to pee. <laughs> Perhaps, I mean, that that seemed to be... there was Because right from the start, it was... You know, as I said in the first few minutes, like, oh wow, this Collingwood are are up for it, and they've unsettled them. So whether they just off that edge, I, I'm not doom and gloom at all about Richmond. And even even after the game of you know the one ruck and the one key for it's like, hang on a minute, they had a they had a terrible night. They had a, they had you know whether you want to call it an aberration or whatever you want to call it, but they've been the admiration of the competition for two years of, of that side that they'd, they'd cracked the code on on this even footy side. They had a really bad night, whether they get Tom Lynch or not, but they're, in, they're still in good shape. See, I'm with, they're the best team, but they're a fragile best team. Because as Kane said, if somebody stands on the opposite side of the circle and they say, and he's a good player, but they then see um, uh, Grig, Grig, Lining up. If you're a big mongrel ruckman, you're going to say, "I'm insulted." And if you put your knee through him and they're one down, who comes in next? And if you can somehow nullify one or one and a half to two of their star five players, that's that shows that they're vulnerable. They're the best team, but it's a fragile best because you only need an injury in match to one or two players and they're fragile again. As I say, they're the best team. just shows you how even the competition is. Jack Revolt's game was heroic. It's fantastic. Played it very smart. He knew that um, a goal sack's not a, a monster backman, but he's seriously tall. A lot of people don't believe, you know, when they stand next to him, how tall he is. He's around the six four and a half mark, and he can spoil in the air. He gets a good lift and jump at it, but he doesn't chase the back of the jumper of... Uh, like Revolt last night, all that hard on the lead. And Revolt had made up his mind, I'm going to short lead up on him when he doesn't expect it. And there's a couple of dubious 12-metre passes he got. 
but once again, he played it smart, played it well. So he's almost he was their, he's almost their only winner on the night. Which, mm. when you consider that he's a full forward, that's quite extraordinary that he's scratched out a game like that. He's, the mark in the last quarter where he running back with the flight, and then has the presence of mind to push gold. Like he, the time that was extraordinary. Did the that courage a couple of and times. timing, yeah. and that's mm. a great that's a great finals. We're well. not even vaguely finished with last night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David King's going to join us in the next hour and cast an eye towards what's going to happen this afternoon. I've got, is Steel Sidebottom having one of the great final series? Did Brody Grundy finally expose, well, what is the novelty of having Grigg in the ruck? And is the pre-finals by a disaster? It's not even a question. It is a disaster. Are we prepared to do something about it? Crunch time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC Safety Barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety Barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Calling with the first team into the 2018 Grand Final this afternoon. We'll learn who they play. Will it be West Coast again in a rematch of the qualifying final, but this time at the MCG? Or will it be Melbourne in a nod to history? It's a long time ago, but... Melbourne and Collingwood used to rule the world in these things. <laughs> Next Saturday afternoon, it's a live chance to happen what, again. What we, happens with ticketing if, if oh, so Collingwood, oh, Melbourne? Can we just have a show of hands? Where are you at? I've had I've had three requests already for tickets. There, there's not a not a request that can be filled. We can say that already. Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton, Bob Murphy, and Kane Corns with you this Saturday. I've got a set of questions for you to work our way through in the aftermath of last night. Is Steel Sidebottom having one of the great final series? Yep. For a midfield, it's up there, isn't it? Oh, well, Dusty last year was was something else, but Sidebottom consistently, he was already ahead of the Gary Ayers medal last week. He's best on ground. I I thought he was probably best on ground last night through weight of numbers and across four quarters, so he'll win that award probably this year. His final series so far is phenomenal, but... I, I still think Mason Cox was the most important player on the yeah. ground last night. Um, one thing that surprised me, I thought he's changed his game a little to be the player who receives the ball on the outlet fat side. He'd go, he'd run down one side of the wing and he'd hold width, almost, almost a Hawthorne-style play of holding width in the in the position so that when Collingwood changed direction, they'd find him. Yep. And uh, I don't reckon he would have got 10 contested. Six contested yeah, last night, Demp, so yeah. 35 uncontested. Whereas you would think 35 for him normally, he'd get 12, yep. 15. Not, not half and half. But 13 uncontested marks as well. 
Yeah, so I found him running because of the the uplift in, in Taylor Adams and... And those those boys in the middle, he's allowed to play a pu- more of a pure outside role now, which is giving him more time with the footy. And he's he's a beautiful kick, pretty um, incredible. They're they're the two best running sides it seems, Collingwood and Richmond. And Steele's running power is head and shoulders above anyone last night. He he just he just there's sweeping runs, and there's mm. certain players who stress you out when they get the ball, and certain yeah. players who calm you down. If you're a Collingwood supporter, you'd breathe a sigh of relief. Because he's an architect with the footy, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. He sees what's happening in front of him, and he makes it happen by where he dictates the player has to go to to receive the kick. Was it a strategic error not to attempt to curtail him? Yeah, well, I heard uh, Damien Hardwick interviewed pre-game, and he said, we put the names up on the board, and we almost let the players sort of go about which way they want to see the matchups and and that's well and good and that's modern footy and I get that and the bull, and, <laughs> and the, you said that but the, and you the did bulldogs, not believe that. and the bulldogs used to do it they didn't man up on anyone in the back line you played this zone thing that won your premiership and good luck to you and Richmond do that as well but there comes a time when you must respect the opposition, and perhaps they didn't respect him. And I respect Kane's ability to represent the Taggers, just as I represent the halfback <laughs> flankers and Dermot represent the key yeah. forwards. Wow. Like uh. Greenwood played a disciplined role last night, and uh, I, I loved the role he played. Yes, yes, Dusty wasn't at. 100%, it's interesting, though, isn't it? It's where, because it everyone is. talks about system, and this is our brand. But it, but I, it's I, an I easy think, out, I, I think. I think, yeah, I think sometimes like a system or brand needs to have some flexibility to go you know if something pops up like this we can still we can still make a change was it a strategic error to play Dustin Martin given how incredibly limited he was i think it was more of an error to play asprey they they actually were trying to find a home for in turn asprey and vloston during the game chat about them in a second maybe uh I think you had to play Martin. He seemed to want for the handball a whole lot more than the kick last night. Just six kicks. Yeah. Um, I think you had to go with him. You had to roll the dice. Yeah. Uh, The problem when he goes forward and takes himself out like that, the pressure that Collingwood had applied to Richmond's midfield meant that when the ball was coming in, Dusty's a great one-on-one mark when he gets set. Most blokes are good one-on-one marks when they are able to run and jump at the ball. He needs to be set flat-footed against his opponent. But the ball came in and he had to move to it, which gave Howe a run and jump to spoil when he played on it. I think the planning was sound. The the last time the Tigers played the Pies, Greenwood Greenwood had him covered around the ball and it was when he went forward that Mm. he just totally dominated him. So I think the idea of... Let's just put him forward and, and test that out again. I think that's I think that's fair. There was a shuffle when he came forward because Howe then went off Caddy and went to Dusty and then Caddy, I think it was Crisp then. Uh, Crisp is a big fella as well uh, and then goes over and plays on Caddy. So there was the shuffle down when Dusty came forward. So it did create, you could see that they had planned for it and it had created some conjecture in the Collingwood box on how to combat it this time around. I think you had to go with him, and he, he was able to get around the ground enough, Jared, that I think you, you had to, to be able to play him. But I can understand people saying, don't take a fit man. I'd prefer Dusty in that. 
than somebody who you're picking as the 23rd player. The player who can't run in the modern game is a, it's a difficult player to hide, no matter how yeah, great they true. are. Did Brody Grundy finally expose the nonsense of playing Grigg as the second ruckman? There, and not only that, he, he exposed um, Nan Curvis as well. So he was, he was absolutely comprehensive when you look at the numbers. He was hungry to follow up and hunt the footy. So what a season he's had. And it's just got me forecasting if, if Melbourne win... Is the, the Gorn and Grundy matchup oh. the, the biggest we've we've probably seen since Kerry and Jakovic? You think not often a two ruckman named in the All Australian team, and we could have both going head to head on Grand Final day. I know there's a, a bit to play out today, but oh, I could. I, I like it. Love, I like it. Cam. I we like the hype. That. Hype. Let's get up. the hype. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're not going to get another ruckman, are they, Richmond? It's going to be going to be Lynch probably. But does he? Do you risk putting Tom Lynch in the ruck? Probably nah. not. In the words of uh, my mate Wayne, you don't send a Ferrari in to play <laughs> no. on the field. Yeah. So how do they address it? Do they need to address it, Dermot, or are we overreacting off, off one Probably game? need a role player. You know, Greg's a midfielder who steps. So he's not short. He's 190, but he's hardly a jumper at the footy. Mm-hmm. You probably need someone around. I mean, if I don't know, but somebody around the size of Nathan Broad who can at least jump in the middle, maybe a bit more body on them, that type of... I mean, remember Brown, Lee Brown. Yeah. Yeah. He was the perfect, perfect. second-string ruckman because when he wasn't rucking, he actually had another job, which he was yeah. very, very competent with. But also, the other thing, Lee Brown grew up as a ruckman. So there's, there's yeah, the, right. the ruckman craft is, is something to consider, I think. Is Tom Lynch the perfect fit for Richmond on the basis of what we saw last night? Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for Doom to answer because he I don't looks think so. Okay, why yeah. not? I'm a believer that in this day and age, you can cannibalise your opportunities when the ball comes in and in the air. I mean, Revolt has turned himself into being like an 80% get the ball from the marking contest, whether he marks it, whether he attempts the mark, gathers his own ball, whether he dupes his opposition, runs to a position and receives the ball... Without a contest, that was his stock and trade. He's probably swung it to a 60-40 type ratio now. Tom Lynch is a hard-running, aerial-marking expert. And Richmond play that short chip-up game, you know, to, to, to Jack on occasion. They surge it forward. I, I don't know that... They're going to be able to work. I mean, every player can work together if they give them enough time. But there'll be teething problems between mm. the two of them if they play together. And then I, I think Josh Caddy, who's been a revelation this year, don't mark him on last night, his game will deteriorate because he's been very good at being able to be the third man up. Well, the last thing you want Josh Caddy doing is being third man up against Tom Lynch. So there'll be... There'll be teething problems in that forward. Is a team going to be better with Tom Lynch in? Most definitely. I think he's an incredible player. But there'll be teething problems. So therefore, I'd say a hold and wait and see on that. I probably would have gone for another midfielder, um, another elite midfielder. Tagger. No, like I I said, (laughs) you know... (laughs) A Rory Sloan type, if, if someone was available, or, or a Dylan Shiel or, or someone like that. So you can then have the luxury of playing Martin forward, and he can hit the scoreboard because we've seen him kick you know five, six goals in a game. I think he's a 50, 
goal a game forward if he plays in the front half. So if you had another midfielder in, that's the way I would have gone. But, well, you can't you can't have a crack at them for trying and getting the best player on the market, can you? Bob? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's the right call to get Lynch, but it, I'm with Dermot. I think their, their, their summer becomes a cram session of, because it's such a change, it'll just change the way they play. We've got a, such a clear idea of how Richmond play and how their forward line works. And now it's totally, it's, it's, the landscape is so different now and they the, need to work together. The and hardest, the most difficult time any team has had dealing with Richmond was last season when they got on a roll and their three small forwards, I mean the key position play, Revolt played beautifully, but when their three small forwards were able to surge back and run with the flight of the ball, they outran everybody. Now they still be able to do that a little bit, but not the same. If you've put in a second big key marking forward, they're not playing that yeah, that run what, back to goal game that, that and, teams fear. And them. on the other way, that the their forward pressure, which has been so hard to get out of, their def, you know, opposition defence been t- tough to get out of. With another tall, it just makes it that bit easier. Mm. This is the crunch for the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Is Jordan Degoe Stevie J? Or Gary Ablett Senior. <laughs> <laughs> he's Jordan Degoe. He's I, he's become in the first finals like oh, we thought he was going to be this this finals raging bull, and then the second finals like oh, hang on, that's 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 what we thought he might be, and then last night it's like that's everything we hoped he could be. So no, I think he's a I think he's a total original. I I love the fact that. That last week we saw how quick he was off the mark on the lead. Were you watching it on TV? Going, he's just he's blowing people off in a drag race. He's just too fast for them. And last night he did the same thing, and it got to the point where the commentator was saying, "You know, and Rance is not slow. Rance is lightning quick. <laughs> so, but he he'd sort of downgrade by his sheer powers. Yeah. He was he was pushing Rance's rating. This I was like, no, no, no. Rance is lightning quick. This guy's just something else. He's a drag racer." And I think they've got his role right as well. Like, they know that he's a genuine, powerful man out of the goal square and enough of the experimentation through the midfield. Adams has stepped up through the midfield, so he hasn't had the need to go in there. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's at that level yet. I question the North offer of a million dollars at the year for Dugowie. I'm now thinking, well, maybe... Unders. Maybe that is. <laughs> maybe, uh, well, maybe he is worth that. And, you know, well done. Uh, it's a great story that he signed and, and, and stayed at Collingwood. Tough matchup. They they baited the hook last night with Jordan Degoe and they had to play Rance on him. And everybody else pushed out, which means Rance, Richmond's back line with a half-ill David Asprey. Richmond's back line didn't get the third man up assist because Degoe being so dangerous in the goal square, out of the goal square, Rance played on him and him alone for the first half and was unable to peel off and go and assist. So they baited the hook and Richmond swallowed it and and probably had to as well because Degoe's going, I think he's a, he's a little bit like um, Jake Stringer but with better football acumen. Mm. How much of next week will be framed around the romance of Nathan Buckley? Maybe Collingwood's greatest ever player who never lifted the cup. He goes through the coaching ringer, gets out the other side. Could he coach? Oh, ask this the club romantic one over here. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Well, Eyes. Well, there's lots of, as we know in grand final week, there's lots of 
There's lots of narratives. There's, but there's got to be a gherkin as well. I'm not sure who the gherkin is yet. There's got to be the sour story. There's got to be the hard luck story. But I think Bucks will be. That, that, that's, the, that's the romantic story. the hard luck story. Yeah, he might be the gherkin. Kane. <laughs> well, the cheeseburger, you know, the grand final, it's, it's the fatty, salty goodness of grand final week, but there's got to be the gherkin, Derm, never, to give the story I've never heard a grand out. final described as a, a double whopper. <laughs> where, where does Scott Penderbury sit if he is a two-time premiership winner in terms of Collingwood's greatest ever players? Is he, is he equal to Buckley as a player, or is he just that... Next I've had this conversation with Ed, one of my good mates under. who's my age and loves the Magpies. Bowser, how are you, mate? He listens in every Saturday. He's already been texting. <laughs> he says, and he's seen them all since Len Thompson, Des Tudnam, for the last 50 years, he says Pendlebury is the best player he's seen at Collingwood. Mm. And that includes Nathan Buckley, who he says is desperately close. Um he thinks Fabulous Phil had the most talent, uh, but he reckons Pendlebury is the best player he's seen at Collingwood. Wow. And and I've had this conversation and passed that on to Eddie, and and Eddie, without saying yes to it, said premiership captain, multiple Copeland Trophy winner, All-Australian, I don't know how many times. He said, yeah, his record stacks up as could mm. quite possibly be the best Collingwood player yeah. of the last So what an years. iconic pairing they would be together if they were to win it next week to have mm. Buckley on one side of the cup and Pendlebury on the other side of it. It's, it feels like the final piece of the puzzle for Buckley, if they can win it. And if he's a premiership coach of Collingwood after finishing 13th the year before, that he was such a magnificent player, Buckley. But he's always, you know, he's had that, like a lot of us have have to live with, you know, the little missing piece. He hasn't wasn't a premiership play. You know, there's that little bit there. That's overrated, and I think, Bob, don't worry about yeah. <laughs> Says the five-time hamburger <laughs> devourer. But I, I wonder, does it just, it just completes the, it completes the picture for him. Is it time for the MCC to take some responsibility to ensure that the ground is full when demand is so high and the conventions of the past that they have in place, it's time to give those up and make sure that those tickets are sold either first to your own or then to the 50,000 people who are desperate to be in those last five How, how would you manage night. it, though? Uh, and I'm, well, I'm that, not that's saying... The, that's for the MCC to decide, but I think it's time to rally their membership and say, if you want a ticket to this game, you have absolute rights to it, but you must have bought them by... 2 o'clock Thursday afternoon. And if you haven't, we will sell to the rest of the fans. It was It's terrible last night to have 94,959 in. And Margaret Court Arena is open with Collingwood fans who just want to be in the area and can't occupy those seats. It's a game that should have had 100,000 people at it. It falls directly at the feet of the MCC. And they have, through convention... Um, kept this in place. It's totally unacceptable. Those seats have to be filled. It's not too much to ask their members to commit by Thursday afternoon and then to let the rest of the people fill the last 5,000 See, seats. we view it as a football community. And the MCC leases out the MCG to AFL. They're not beholden to us, but we view it as a football community. Yeah. They are part of the football community. It's time to accept granted, that responsibility. And plus, granted, they can but raise not revenue. To no, us. but they can sell 5,000 tickets. Uh, um, 
and, and th- I'm in agreement with you. I'm just giving yeah. you the opposite yeah. stance. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's time the MCC came into the football community. Mm. I mean, it's right frustrating last night. Didn't seem to see empty seats. There's mm. like, hey, what? That wasn't. You should have seen it, Bob. I was in there four thirty. Yeah, we were allowed to get in early, but media. The rush yeah. for the the good seats in the MCC was like when they get the the, the cameras side. at the at the um, at the Masters in the US at, at nine. What did they let them in? Six AM or the something. Boxing Day sales. Oh, still... it was phenomenal seeing yeah. them all pour into the seats, and we were marvelling at how quick they filled, and yet there was still a section up the top, yep. which had nobody. Do you know, mm. 10 minutes into the first quarter, Stuart Fox should have walked across the road to Margaret Court Arena and said, follow me, and just walked them all in. Imagine the goodwill. Walk all of those fans who just want to be around it. Walk them in and fill those seats by quarter time. No one else has come in at that point. Don't say a bad word about Foxy. He's involved in Hawthorne Premiership. He's the new man in the job, <laughs> I think, and he knows, he understands footy. He understands clubs. footy, he does, it, it, yeah. He should do that. I, 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 he should I, now I hear you and I understand and I'm, I'm in heated agreement with you. I, I think it's going to be a... It sounds easier to, to fix than, the, yeah. than how problematic it really is. But it is fixable. Get to the business of fixing it. I'm not even going to phrase this as a question. Oh. <laughs> the pre-finals buy is a disaster. Discuss. Well, it, it is for the teams that finish on top, isn't it? And the teams that win the qualifying final because you fight for 23 weeks to have that advantage of the week off and then everyone gets it before the finals. They get a chance to get their players fit. Um, so, yes, it is. And I think it takes away from the well, the marathon that it is to qualify in the top four and then win a qualifying final. So I, I 100% agree with you. And um, you, know, you can't dispute it. You can't. Go on, have your say, old romantic. <laughs> what, 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 what little thing can you come up with to say that it that it's good? The romance came. Come on, look, we've had the bulldogs, we've had the tigers. Now we might get the we might get the pies and the demons. Who, we might get the saints next year. Come Understand on, the reason it was brought, brought in clearly to to not rest players in round twenty three. But if you qualify on top. That is a luxury that you've earned. If you want to rest players Agreed. for the last week, they get of it, prize money, don't they? Yeah, I know. But if you Take want to, if money, you want to do what Freeman? Oh yeah, if it's that much, what was it? <laughs> oh, well, I don't. I've never finished top. Something. <laughs> it's like going on the marathon, really, in the Olympics. And once you enter the arena for the final two laps, you must slow stop. down. Yeah. No, <laughs> you no, must no, stop, stop and let so them catch go up. Go sit in the infield for a little yeah. while, and then we'll do the eight hundred meter dash. Yes. You know, is, that, yeah. is that really reflective of the marathon it's, that we're trying to run here? I, I I said it from the from the word go, and I, I do understand that it was romantic, Bob, to see the the uh, doggies get up. And they'll still argue we were getting up anyway, and that's just merit in that also. We weren't. Um, you're shaking your head furiously no, no. So there. So it skewed the first season, yeah. and we were, and the AFL went, well, it provided one of the great stories of all time, and it did. Yep. But it doesn't change the fact that it skewed the truth of the passage of that season. Last year, there, you can look mm. at those and go, well, that was okay, is that the teams who had the rest won through. If West Coast go out today... I reckon it becomes incumbent on the AFL not not to listen or to debate, but to move it to shift it back. It must be challenged around seventeen eighteen. It must be challenged when the major opposition in the argument to it says, "Look at week one. Look at the monumental crowds," because it then becomes integrity, 
v ticket sales. Mm. And the integrity, I think, by finals time must be maintained. You get those crowds anyway. Oh, that's a completely false argument from me, is the crowds when we didn't have the buy around those Sunday finals that involved Carlton and Richmond and Essendon and Carlton. And there, there are three ninety plus thousand crowds. You get those crowds anyway. You don't need... 12 days to sell tickets. Is we get sold a pup and people go, oh, yeah, we need 12 days to sell. Nonsense. Tickets get sold in a heartbeat. People are geared up for finals. We did it for generations. Yeah. Is the change in the game was to insert a week off to sort of frame the finals. It, but it skews, it skews the year. It's not acceptable. It's absolutely not acceptable. This is dangerous. I mean, heated agreement with you two times in a row. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, the crunch for the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Do you think it is now becoming brazen, Kane, that players are shamelessly leaving clubs for money? Yeah, uh, well, as long as they're honest about it. I, I couldn't believe Colin Young, who's the manager of Mitch McGovern at Adelaide, said that uh, McGovern is leaving because he's lost faith in the way that Adelaide are heading. Yet the two clubs he's been linked strongest to are Carlton and Gold Coast. I mean, who has a brighter future, Carlton right now or... Gold Coast or Adelaide? Who Had McGovern could... been lied to when he was told last contract there was no last year when there were, he was told there's no money yeah, he, we I, can't pay you more and then they I don't then know they the went out and signed Bryce Gibbs. I don't know the answer to that, but but you signed for what that, you're happy that's, with. That's you, the conjecture. That's it is. the yeah, it is. And I've heard, but but you signed for what you're happy with. Uh, Correct. You, you, you never Correct. think. I never thought. What's my teammate getting? I'll take that into consideration in what I'm getting. No, I just. What are you worth? What are they offering? And you try and negotiate, but I think I think that's irrelevant. And to sign a contract and then what a year later want out for money clearly. Yet the manager is saying it's not um, is not a good look. And I like the Jared Pollock approach. Look, this club wanted me. It's a it's a life changing offer. Port Adelaide weren't that keen to match the offer, so I'm heading the, for the for fresh. Those. <laughs> the fresh it's challenge. Honest. The fresh challenge is always a bit like, oh, oh what does no. that? What does that mean? Go back to university or something if you need oh. a fresh challenge. The, the crunch is taking a question from the NRL here, Dam. The crunch for the TAC safety barriers save lives. Billy Slater has just been hit with a one-game suspension wow. for a shoulder shoulder charge. I saw it and. Okay, so if you uh, half like your NRL and you, you semi-know what's going on, we hold up our sport against the NRL and we, we admire how tough and gruelling and physical their game is. It's a totally different. There's an offside rule, so they see where the contact's coming from. But some of the hits they put on when they're facing against each other are phenomenal. What Billy Slater did... Player coming down the sideline, gets close to the try line. Billy, in Aussie rules terms, shoulder bumps him into his... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Side, his rib cage, no head contact, but he bumps him. He doesn't try to tackle, and he puts him over the line so the lad doesn't score a try. We would look at that and say, wow, 
what a perfectly executed bump. In NRL circles, that bump is considered a, a, a shoulder charge because it also has the the aspect of not allowing a player to f- fairly play at scoring a try. You're meant to tackle him. So unless he can beat it at the judiciary, he's out of the grand final and his career is over. Oh, that is God. stunning news in Australian sport. Crunch time for Honda and the TAC. David King into the conversation from Perth next. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See Honda.com.au. Collingwood into the 2018 Grand Final. Who's it to be, West Coast or Melbourne in Perth this afternoon to complete the billing for the decider next Saturday? The Magpies causing a stirring upset last night as they completely dominated Richmond. It's a game that will be talked about for days. This afternoon's focus will bring the other half of the equation together. This afternoon, the TAC Cup Grand Final is on at Icon Park. The Dandenong Stingrays, who were the minor premiers against the Oakley Chargers. Sue Durham says the team to beat Oakley by seven points approaching quarter time. In fact, right on quarter time. We are in the crunch for the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. And it is to Perth we go. And welcome to join Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, Dermot Burton and Jared Waitley. David King. Kingy, welcome. Morning, boys. Oh, I tell you what, it's hot over here. It's going to be more, it's going to be north of 24, I think. It was 27 over here on Thursday, 24 yesterday. And it's, it's already 24. It's, there's not a cloud in the sky. It's going to be a hot, hot afternoon. So who does that suit, Kingy? I mean, it, it sounds weird saying just at 24, but coming out of a Melbourne winter, uh, Perth, the Perth boys would have trained a couple of days in that sort of weather. Is it? And, and coming out of a Melbourne winter, your first day into mid to high 20s can be devastating. Who does it suit? Uh, it's, you can look at it a couple of different ways. You can man a KC the way if you really want to. But I think the West Coast, the way they play, and Cornsy and Bob join me on this, I think the way they make you defend for long periods, just chipping the ball around, it can be, can be tiring. Chase. Yeah, it is, Bob. Isn't it hard to defend that... Uh, that sort of ball movement. So maybe that's that's part of the, the Adam Simpson weaponry, if you like, that he may try and get Melbourne to defend in the heat for long periods. Kingy, earlier, I mean, we were talking about West Coast, and, and obviously at the start of the game we'll get a, we'll get a sort of flavour of how it's going. And if we see Kennedy and Darling taking marks on the lead, that's, that's a, you know, a, a sign that the, the, the Eagles have got their flow going. What, is, what should we be looking for with the Demons early on to, to suggest that they've got their rhythm going? Oh, just that they're tough. I mean, this, this is a seriously tough midfield. Um, the boys are champion data to you. It's the second toughest contested possession season that they've ever tracked um, behind the west coast of Judd, Kerr and Cousins way back when. So these guys, Oliver, Brayshaw, you know, Viney's last couple of weeks just been unbelievable how he's been able to come back in and just pick up from, from where he left off. But I think there'll be some subtle changes today. And I, and I know we spoke about this on Monday, Jared, that... You look at last night's game and what Brody Grundy was able to do with his ruck work, particularly forward of centre. I mean, they, they kicked 60 points from clearances last night. Mm. I mean, that's a number that's it's a season high for Collingwood. It's a season poor or their worst performance uh, from the Tigers for the season. Um, so I think when you 
when you see what Max Gorn can do. Last week they were holding him out of those forward 50 stoppages, getting him to set up the wall behind, um, behind say 70 metres from goal. I think he'll go in there today. I think he'll go in and they'll try and attack uh, the West Coast in their in their defensive 50. And, and who knows, you know, a couple of goals here and there, it just can be all the difference. There's a lot of good about Melbourne, Kingy. They do a lot right. What are your concerns? Is, is it the speed in the back line? Is it Darling and Kennedy? Uh, what are you going to look for? And what could your mate Simo expose today? I think the biggest concern is if you watch that first half, Hawthorne versus Melbourne, Hawthorne, without being disrespectful, are a poorer model of the West Coast. They play a very similar brand. Clearly, they don't have Kennedy and Darling as, as peas up forward, and they don't have McGovern and Barras down back. So the quality in the bookends is, is far superior for the West Coast as to what Hawthorne had last week, and they were able to really challenge um, Melbourne with the, the way they moved the ball. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't cope. Uh, they had O'Meara out, we all know, last week. So it was pretty much a one-man war with Mitchell in the middle. West Coast are better than that. Now, Redden's in fantastic form. Yo's an outstanding player. Um, doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And Shuey, well, I know he'll be tagged again today, but if he gets off the chain, 20 disposals from Shuey is like mm. 35 from any other player. Tell us about the two coaches, Kingy, and how you've been contemplating their journeys. Just been having a look at this, Derm. You, you, you love this sort of stuff. And have a look at learning from history. And these guys, the success that Adam Simpson and Simon Goodwin have had so so quickly in their career, and both as coaches. I mean, Simo's already been to a grand final in his second year as coach in 2015. And Simon Goodwin, well, he only played 10 games as a player before he was a premiership player. It's just, just quite crazy. But if you look at history, and this is probably more from the Adam Simpson uh, fan club, which I'm um, a, a member of, clearly... <laughs> There's been almost 360 coaches across the journey. One in every five make a grand final or get that opportunity. One in every seven actually win a grand final. So we've had 52 premiership coaches. Of the guys that have gone back there again, so multiple opportunities to win a flag, so two grand finals or more, there's been 39. And only three of those guys haven't won a flag. Only three of 39. So it's Ross Lyon, Bob Rose, and I've never heard of Fred Elliott at Carlton back, way back when. So it shows you when you're good enough to get there, you're good enough to go a second time. Yeah, and you get that if you do get that second opportunity, the learnings uh, along the way have to play have to be a uh, part of your your preparation. I think that uh, you look at the way Adam Simpson's been so calm and just so measured. I, I still think we don't talk about the Eagles as we should have right throughout the season. Um, they're, they're a serious football team. There's no doubt about that. But I, I think the coaches have a major part in, in today's in today's battle, no did doubt. We, did we just automatically downgrade them once Natanui got injured and once Gaff was outed for the season? We, do you just automatically say, two incredibly good players, we're downgrading West Coast chances? Yeah, spot on. And I, I think the loss of Gaff, who was probably their best player for the season at that stage, he we all thought that they wouldn't be able to get their uncontested mark game going because Gaff spread so hard. He's a gut runner and... Yep. You know he's often on. He's often that first player that starts the making marking chain, isn't he? Just spreading wide. So, I think Lewis Jetta has a massive role to play in that. And whilst he's not their best player, and he's a very damaging player, I think that if you look at what he's what he's able to start for them off half back, um, he, he's a major component of what they need to, to to work today. He's he's a really interesting story, Lewis Jetta. And we get a little bit of knowledge, you know, under the table and like so. And what. What, what has been conveyed to me is that when he went back to Perth, a lot of family there and the likes, and, and it, not party time, but it was, oh, I'm home. Oh, thanks. Life, life's a little bit easier again. And football 
although that's his core application in life, it wasn't everything to succeed again. But what's happened, what I'm hearing from Perth is that what has happened in the last three, four months is this could pass me by. And he's actually reapplied, rejigged, the desperation and he's got the hunger back again. Yeah. So he's actually turned his season around purely on an application from, you know, what's above his shoulders, Kingy? Yeah, spot on, Dermot. I think that he's learnt from watching how desperate Willie Rioli is to just play AFL uh, football and just do anything that it takes. And Liam Ryan, whilst he's you know, given him some challenges off-field this year, Liam, his, his on-field stuff's been absolutely first-class and... I just think today comes down to what you believe, and, and you guys will have your own opinions, but do you believe in the ball movement, the actual system of how you play, or do you believe in just winning enough football, like contested football and clearance? Because I think that's, with what you believe, will be your selection. Melbourne will probably win more ball, you'd think, but how do they, do they move it as effectively as the West Coast? Kingy, I saw your tweet last night about the game. Can I, can I get your emotions when you were watching? <laughs> you, you are clearly shocked like the rest of us. Oh, look, that was an, a first-class performance, wasn't it? I, I don't think I've seen a team play like that in a big game for a long, long time. Uh, everything they did worked. Uh, everything they planned for was was perfect. I mean, we talk a lot, and I heard you before, Derm, talking about that the ground ball game, you know, those their, their, their messy football. Or, the what, surge. What the, yeah, the surge mentality and keeping it ugly. They have to win ball at ground level inside their forward 50. Last night, they won 15 ground ball gets in their forward 50. So those smaller forwards around Jack weren't able to fire. Cause if you put that in context, they won 27 last week against the Hawks. That was halved. Um, the stoppage work killed them. I, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a, a, score, a score of 60 points to eight mm. in scoring from stoppages for, for a hell of a long time. And whilst Richmond have, have probably leaked clearances, they've never leaked scores. You know, they're the worst clearance team in the competition. We know that. But behind the football, they are, they are so organised. But their back line was taken to the cleaners last night. And I think the biggest shock for me came was the way Collingwood used the ball out of their back half. They turned the ball over 14 times. Now, that's that's an incredibly low number. They were able to score. They were able to get, take the ball coast to coast. So I just think that what they did is just was just frightening. It really was. Um, no one saw it coming. Um, but it's it's just one of those results that you say, well, can they replicate that again? Who knows? Did did you get a laugh watching Coxie? I mean, not not to downgrade it, but we were giggling at how good it was. It was all, yeah. it was almost like me watching Cyril. I just I started to awesome. giggle when he started to launch at the footy. Well, I tell you, we showed some vision of him two weeks ago on three sixty. How the West Coast defenders just took him off his line, just some subtle checking yep. uh, here and there. Barass. That did not happen last night. They, they played Mason Cox really poorly as a defensive unit. I felt they let him, they let him use all of his assets um, and his height. The West Coast defenders make his height a problem for Mason, whereas Richmond last night allowed Mason's height to be a factor, and he was he was sensational. And we were just watching the game, thinking, "Geez, just keep just keep knocking the ball." So you called it an alley oop earlier this afternoon, and you, and you're spot on. It was it was one of the best performances you've seen by a big man. And Dustin Martin. That didn't pan out at all, Kingy. So when we sat together last Monday morning, you said that this was an issue. It would be a major story. He would play, but what sort of shape would he be in? And it was really clear. Derm had it at the 2 minute 40 second mark when he removed himself from the action. He just couldn't get around the ground. No, and it was, it's hard to watch stars just labour like that. And uh, that was the conversation this week, wasn't it, Jared? It wasn't whether he'd play or not. We knew he'd play, and Dermot's right. He's better than... 
he's better than the next player you're going to bring into the team. So clearly he would want to play. Um, but I, I think that you look at... Uh, sometimes you have to lie in footy. Sometimes you have to tell mistruths because that's just the industry. You don't want to give away any advantage. And, you know, I think that it, it become a bit of an issue this week when it really didn't need to be. You know, if, if at the start of the week... We were told, yep, there's an issue there, spot on. He hasn't trained for a week or so. He's got, you know, he's just going to get to the line. He'll play, but what he can do, we don't know. I mean, that's that's the common sense approach, and that's probably what we'd like next time. But I, I think the biggest story of the game is those lesser lights at Collingwood that we don't talk about. Greenwood and Maine have 19 tackles between them. Langdon, seven intercept marks. I mean, there's, there's so much to like about what they did. Love Crisp's game as well, yeah. Kingy. Yeah, and Luffy has rated him an elite defender, the champion data boys, and they get some flack when they put these things up. It's always entertaining. Um, <laughs> and I think when you see him play like that, you can see why that they value what he does with the ball. You know, dangerous forward of centre. I thought Varco, whilst he doesn't get a lot of football, had a massive impact with just how clean he was mm. at ground level. And you tend up ten touches and six of them become scores. I mean, that's what you want from your from your half forwards or your your high forwards. So. No, it was, a, it was a perfect performance in a lot of ways, and it builds for a pretty big... It's given me a lot of feedback on Twitter, Kane. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm Kane Corns today. <laughs> Hang on, we'll work through that in a moment. Yeah. So we want to properly explore all of that. This is the crunch, crunch time for Honda. David King's with us in Perth. Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, Dermot Burton in the studio. Crunch time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. Reflecting on Collingwood's win, looking forward to who they will play in the 2018 Grand Final West Coast and Melbourne this afternoon in Perth. Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, Dermot Burton in the studio. David King is over in Perth for what's going to happen. This is the crunch for the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. We can save lives, but there's no saving the King from Collingwood supporters today, I suspect. (laughs) Could you have foreseen this, David? No, I don't think anyone saw this coming. and Not to that magnitude. I mean, I think you boys touched on it before. Richmond give you opportunities. They give you an opportunity at the clearance to to get your hands on the ball. Um, They're very good at at winning it back. That is Richmond's number one asset is their intercept markers behind the ball and, you know, they're they're ground level guys in in the forward half. They're very good at pressuring you into a turnover and winning it back. But once Dugowie and these guys, Mason Cox, got rolling forward of centre, they didn't allow him to win it back to him, and it was, it was pretty much one-way traffic. Just with that, King, and he's not going to get many accolades, but Will Hoskin-Elliott, I think, had three possessions at quarter time. He might have had seven by half time, but he had run Nick Vloston ragged. He'd run him up out of position, and then running back inside forward 50, he got to dangerous positions, only got used a couple of times, but Vloston, he took Vloston away from where Vloston wanted to be, so much so that in the end, Hardwick and co. viewed that they had one tall in the back line too many, and they made it as if Vloston was one of those talls. They had to put him to a wing, half forward, in the second quarter. 
Yeah, spot on. They, they they took away Richmond's strength. I mean, if you look at that, that back half, the defensive half of the ground, they took eight intercept marks last night. Now, normally that that would be double that figure. They've set the record this year with marking in their defensive 50. Last night, they took five. I mean, you look at Collingwood, they took ten. I heard you talking about the spoils that cleared the area uh, from Howe last night. So everything they did took away Richmond's strengths, and uh, I haven't seen them have that composure out of the defensive half. So that's that's the arm wrestle that is coaching, and that's why we, we love the strategy of the game. So when we talk about these new rules... You don't want to lose any of these sorts of um, these sorts of components, but I just think it's as poor a performance from Richmond's back six as we've seen for some time. Kenny, I've got a left field question for you. We've got a lot of Collingwood supporters that. listening oh, no. today. Who, who do you think the Collingwood supporters should be barracking for today in the West? Oh. Who would they most want to have a look at next week? Um, well, I saw the West Coast when Nick Natanui went down um, defeat Collingwood at the MCG. That was only about six weeks ago. Yep. Um, so West Coast would still give themselves a chance. Um, the midfield head-to-head would be awesome to watch next week. You know, not just the two Ruckman, but those at ground level if it was Melbourne and Collingwood. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I just think you have to see. Firstly, you've got to get through healthy. And that's a that's a big tick if you can get through without you know, losing a player. I'm not quite sure of the injury report from last night, but it appeared everyone got through. Um, so they've still got to get through today's game, both teams. So health is your best player at this stage of the year. Were you surprised that uh, Melbourne left out Fritch Kingy? He's been so good and, and brought in Joel Smith. I was a little bit, but you know, it's very difficult when you're sort of looking from the outside in. We don't see exactly what they do with the... Mm with their reviews, but um, oh, look, he's, he looked a little bit fumbly last week and maybe they just didn't want to take that chance in the hottest of hot games over here, you know. It's, there's, there's, a, there's a concern over whether Oscar McDonald can get the job done on Kennedy and and then where does, where does the next tallest player go to? Who plays on Darling? Like, you can't get beaten by what you know. You know that Darling and Kennedy are going to mark the ball for the centre. You've got to have someone dedicated and ready to go. So Smith's probably a, probably a logical mm. inclusion. Lewis is their most experienced campaigner there. The rest of them, there's some serious players there, some, some real talent there. But in finals, when finals throws up so many different aspects of gameplay at you, will they have enough calmness, experience under fire to not play quick at every moment? Because I reckon if you had to describe on a board without knowing the personnel, the type of team that West Coast would like to play against, it would be a team that plays on and plays quick. Yeah, and it's a great call because they're so organised behind the ball. I mean, McGovern loves the game being kicked at him yep. and coming coming haphazard and quick. That's that's when he's at his best. And yeah, he can just he can just shut down this whole forward line um, as a one-man wall. Um, they, they didn't play with a lot of composure last week, Melbourne. They're going to have to improve on that performance. We know that. But one, one thing they'll be, they'll always be in the game, Doom, because... They can put four, five goals on the board really quickly, Melbourne. True. Um, with the ruck advantage and pure clearances and that ball just... Now, they've got a different sort of forward line, the Ds, and it's it's really working quite well. Number one attack across the course of the year, but they, don't, they do it in bursts. You know, I think they kick, you know, four or five goals in a row in an eight-minute patch and put games to bed. So if they can get that... You know, we, we weren't expecting that start last night, came, were we? So when you get you see that start from Collingwood... Mm. Yeah, you know, Mel would be thinking, why can't why can't that be us? Why can't we do that? So this is the crunch for the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. I get the three of you to weigh in on this afternoon. What are you thinking, Dem? I, I think if you hold them up 
next to each other, Melbourne probably have as much or even ahead on the talent. So in days gone by, you'd probably tip Melbourne. But as for what I just said, if if you just take a blank sheet and you just put X next to everybody's name and how they play, the way Melbourne play, I think, will totally suit the West Coast Eagles. I think if it's hot over there, I think Melbourne, under a bit of pressure early, will tongue it, panic a little bit. And unfortunately, and I hope, hope to hell I'm wrong, but I think this is a comfortable win to the West Coast Eagles. Bob? I think the Demon. I've tipped the Demons, and I've, but I tipped them by a short margin. I think they've just got so much going right. They're riding this emotional wave, but I must say that the temperature being... If it's a hot day, I think that really, really suits West Coast. So I'm not sure if that manic pressure that Melbourne need around the ball to, to halt that ball movement, that'll make it harder, I think, on that ground in that heat. But I'll, I'll stick with the Demons. I'm with them. I think West Coast, pretty pretty simply, I think if it was at the MCG, I'd pick Melbourne. But I know how hostile it is to go and play in Perth. And when you get that 60,000 behind you and the wave and momentum that that creates, I think West Coast will be too strong today. Um, but... I was wrong last night, and who knows? Could I was, be wrong think, again I was today. thinking West, West Coast in their first preliminary final at that new stadium. This could be the most hostile game ever. <laughs> it's the most intimidating. I've never been there, but just watching from TV, it is it must be so intimidating to go and play. <laughs> it's like a spaceship. I don't know if you've called there. No, no, Kingy, you've been on the grounds for some of these matches. Yeah, you can't hear yourself. You, you yeah. can't hear. You're talking to a microphone. You've got the earpiece, and you can't even hear your own voice coming back. It's uh, it's fa- it's awesome for the home team. There's no doubt about that. It influences the umpiring. That's a given. Mm-hmm. They'll get a great run today. There'll be all sorts of angst um, getting thrown from Melbourne fans at some point today. I've got no doubt about that. But I think Melbourne, if Melbourne are to win, then it's on the back of what Gorn and Oliver provide. I mean, they just need to take this game off the West Coast midfield. If they don't, then I don't think there are any chance of getting them in general play. I want to run the counter theory on the umpiring, Kingy. Razor Ray is the exact right man to go over oh, there and go, oh, you can <laughs> shout at me all you like. I am no, not going no, to be like moved him. on this. I, I reckon Ray's having a good season. season. <laughs> he's having a good season. Yeah, he is, he is. He is. If there's one guy who'll go out there yeah, and go, this could be oh, the I'm so not going to be affected by this. In fact, bring it on. Oh, <laughs> it would no. be Razor Ray. <laughs> I can't believe you said that, dude. <laughs> Kingy, who are you picking? Now, I'm on the West Coast, and um, you know, there's such a calm outfit at the moment. The coach has got this team absolutely purring. Look out. Terrific. Enjoy your afternoon. David King with us from Perth. Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, Dermot Brereton. This is going to be compelling viewing. Enjoy it. Can't wait. Can't wait. The listening will be compelling as well because we have Anthony Hudson, Peter Donegan, Paul Hazelby, Terry Wallace, Tim Gossage, Jack Heverin, all at Optus Stadium next. This has been Crunch Time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.